Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Decode Your Burnout podcast with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. Super excited to be back today with Jeanette Follin. She is a certified integrative mental health coach who specializes in highly sensitive people and empaths. In 2019, in conjunction with the Nickerson Institute of Integrative Health Training, she developed the first ever accredited course for mental health professionals who work with highly sensitive clients. Jeanette has presented professional workshops across North America and can often be heard as a guest presenter on online summits and podcasts. Jeanette says her most enjoyable endeavor to date was writing her first young adult novel called Diary of a Teenage Empath, The Awakening. She's currently finishing the sequel to that book. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's great you know, to be here. Yeah, it, I've been really wanting to talk about this subject of empaths and highly sensitive people because I think that there is definitely a correlation between people who are extra sensitive and burnout. And we're going to dive into this a little bit today. So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I think that might be me, or you're not sure, you're going to come out of this episode, hopefully with more clarity and also some tips on what you can do to avoid burnout. Now, I know we were talking a little bit before the show about how there is some confusion about where do you draw the line between what is sensitivity and what is burnout. A lot of times there can be this almost parallel process. So we're going to do something a little different today. Usually we debunk some myths or we share some tips around burnout recovery. What we're going to do today is we're going to play the true and false game. So I've got three statements that we're going to talk to Jeanette about, and she's going to help us kind of debunk them in a way if you think that they're true and then you find out maybe they're not or you think they're not true maybe they are so we're gonna have a little fun with this so one of the things that i know people often feel about themselves and often especially if they're extra sensitive is that if they're burned out there's something wrong with them is that true or false mm. I find in my experience as a coach, my personal experience, that there isn't anything wrong with them, but they do think there is. They think that they are going crazy. They think that they are you know, mentally unstable. They basically don't understand why they can't cope and everybody else around them seems to be able to cope. Yeah. And, you know, if we know anything about how our mind works, we know that we have certain thoughts in place 
Those thoughts create feelings and those feelings lead to certain behaviors. So if you're having trouble coping, which is a behavior, you got to kind of rewind the tape and figure out what is the emotion that you're experiencing. And that emotion can very much be tied back to your thoughts. And one of the things I heard you say is that they have a lot of shame because the thought is there's something wrong with me. There's I'm broken. You know, there's something legitimately wrong. So maybe you can speak to just this whole process that they're undergoing and how they can think about it differently. Two things I'd like to pull out from that. The first of which is you have a population of people that do not yet know that they are highly sensitive. Mm. So they have a lot of shame built in because they feel that, okay, yes, they look around and they see everybody else is able to cope, or they look at people who aren't and they put themselves in that same bucket of, you know, the we're broken. There's something wrong with us. And then you have the people who do identify and already understand what the trade is, but understanding what that is doesn't mean it's any easier to cope with that. As an example, you know, a highly sensitive person, you talk about the thoughts and the emotions and the behavior, but a highly sensitive person doesn't really have a lot of control over the very first thing, and that is the stimulation. Mm. So what I'm thinking and feeling about my environment is so much more magnified for a highly sensitive person than it is for the rest of the population, 80% of the population. Their nervous system is constantly, and even if it's just the low grade humming in the background, it's constantly in that fight flight mode. And they are thinking, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling anxious? Mm. And you're always on guard for, is there something happening out there that's going to put me in danger, going to put us in danger, just going to end up not working out. Right. So just always being in that slightly anxious you know, tumultuous state is hard on the nervous system. And then you judge yourself for that. And then you start the vicious cycle, right? Yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because for years, I've worked with people who are highly anxious. And there was a time when I didn't know about this whole HSP business, right? I didn't even know that was a thing. And they didn't know it was a thing. But all they knew was that they were constantly anxious. They were constantly on guard, as you're describing, And there was a lot of shame around that. And there's this hopelessness because it never really goes away. And you're like, why is everybody else okay? And I'm just like this messed up person who like from the minute I wake up in the morning, I'm just constantly anxious, right? Well, I've tried everything. Yeah, you said hopelessness. But I think a key word that HSPs, you know, might identify with more as helplessness. There is a helplessness from the time we were children, if we were not in an environment where we felt safe and protected and to nobody's fault, meaning to say, how does a parent to know that this infant is highly sensitive? And so the same amount of stimulation was put on that child as was the other children in the family that weren't highly sensitive. And there was a feeling from the time that we were born that we are not in control of our environment, that music is too loud. The other baby is crying. Why is the dog barking? Why is everybody grabbing me? Why is it too many people around? So Mm. from the get-go, from day one, there was a feeling of helplessness, yeah. not being able to control our environment. And that, you know, nervous system, fight, flight, always running in the background, that feeling is kind of always there. And one of the things that highly sensitive people say very commonly is that they have a feeling of not being safe, mm. right? Yeah. So go ahead then and apply that to a work environment and watch how that affects the performance and the thoughts and the emotions and the behavior. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it back to the work environment. How do you think this affects people at work 
with regards to being burnout proof. Like in other words, if everything is overstimulating and they feel helpless and they don't feel safe and they don't have control over certain stimulation, how can they protect themselves from getting overstimulated and burning out? That is a great question. First of all, choosing the job, what industry you work in is important. Now, because of the nature of HSPs being caregivers, you'll often find us in, unfortunately, the high energy jobs like the nursing, the caregiving, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps not the emergency medical services, but you know, more first responder or coaches, therapists, lots of HSPs out there mm-hmm. and empaths out there. And then how can I serve you? How can I help you? Caring and compassion industry. So but choosing a job that isn't going to put you in that high stimulation environment, either truly environmentally or emotionally or among the colleagues with other people. And then if you are, if that is your chosen profession, it's just boils down to self-care, not burning yourself out, meaning to say not overdoing the hours, not uh, volunteering for every committee that becomes available, not saying yes to everything. So really starting the boundaries, as you said, before we were talking, before the podcast started, boundaries is key for HSPs. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the reasons I became really interested in this whole area of HSPs is because I started to notice that a lot of my clients are HSPs. And it's really been interesting too, because none of them fall into the kinds of jobs and professions that you just described. A lot Mm. of them are people you wouldn't expect, like men who are, you know, really successful in business and have grown these really big companies, but then they're dealing with a lot of narcissists. And because they're empaths, it completely burns them out and they start just falling apart. So it's been really something that I've become more and more interested in, not just HSP piece, but like the whole empath narcissist kind of duality and the attraction that happens between these two. I think it's really fascinating. And I I would love to do a whole other podcast episode just on that. But I think it's important to, you know, getting back to our point that number one, you have to identify yourself as an HSB in order to be able to have the right things in place to support you. So you've done a really nice job so far of explaining a little bit of the kinds of thoughts that they have, the beliefs that they have, the feelings that they have, the experiences that they have in their environment and how they feel misunderstood and kind of helpless about that lack of control, especially early on. Mm -hmm. And so all of that is to say that if you are feeling all that anxiety or you are feeling burned out, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's just that perhaps you are an HSP and then you have to learn how to better take care of yourself. Now, here's our next question. If others stop hurting, you can stop feeling hurt. True or false? That is true. That is that is a true statement. One of the reasons why, and let's go back just for a moment to the boundaries. We talk about boundaries and we think that, oh, HSPs have no boundaries and therefore everybody, you know, makes them a doormat or they try too hard to take care of other people. And so they end up being taken advantage of and used and all that. Boundaries go both ways and HSPs cross other people's boundaries pretty much just as much as they allow their own to be crossed. And here's why. When we're with somebody, especially people we care about, coworkers, you know, on a daily basis, our team, 
when we get to know people and we begin spending a lot of time with them, we start to feel their emotions. And that's not just bad emotions, good emotions as well. There's celebration, their joy, their you know, elation over anything personal or professional. But let's face it, most of the time there's trouble brewing at work, right? There's challenges, there's deadlines, there's people leaving the job, there's the turnover, the absenteeism, the whatever, people having to pick up for each other. So there's a lot of stress and then that's not even bringing management into it. So they're with these people and they want so much for that person to stop hurting. Because if you stop hurting, I can stop hurting. All I'm doing is feeling because of those beautiful mirror neurons that we have, overactive mirror neurons in our brain. I need to make sure everybody around me is okay. They're peaceful. They're happy. They're content because that's when I get to feel peaceful, happy, and content. It's an energetic thing. It's not even a, how are you today? Oh, you're not doing well. Therefore, I'm not doing well. We are just energetic sponges, neurological sponges, whatever system you want to refer to. And so we want so much to fix other people's problems. We will cross their boundaries in order to do that. Mm-hmm. We will give them advice they don't ask for. We will go behind their back. And, you know, that you overhear that somebody, so-and-so is having trouble and, oh my gosh, my car doesn't, you know, start and I don't know what to do and it's having this problem and now I have to catch the bus, but the bus was late. And so they'll go spewing on about whatever drama is causing them distress and the HSP will offer them a ride home. They'll look up on the internet to see if they could find out what's wrong with their car. We'll do anything to stop that person's pain so that we don't feel it anymore. Okay. So this is really, really important because one of the three types that I talk about in terms of the burnout profiles that we see most often is the feeler. And certainly feelers are your HSPs. They're your people pleasers or the people that have the most trouble with boundaries. And this is exactly what you're describing. And there's a good reason, as we just heard, for why you might be doing all of these things, right? In a sense, it's a form of self-care, Because Mm -hmm. if you're hurting, you're doing something out here to then not hurt yourself. But here's the thing. In the same way that you said earlier, HSPs don't always have control over their environment and all that stimulation. We don't always have control over how much other people hurt. Like even when we do all the things and we cross the boundaries and we're trying to fix it and we're problem solving, it doesn't always fix it. And in that process of trying to focus on everyone else, we end up burning out. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about if somebody's an HSP and their go-to has been trying to take care of everybody else's hurt so that they don't feel hurt, what can they do instead? There's so many beautiful websites and other books and suggest exercises and techniques that are coming forth now for HSPs and empaths. And the one that really resonates with me is, is that you acknowledge what's happening. So you say, you know, so-and-so is hurting. I see their pain. I feel their pain. And then you acknowledge that in your system, where am I feeling the pain? And then you invite the pain to leave your system and you send it up. You send it up to your higher self, you send it up to God, you send it up to universe, you send it to whatever other higher power is for you. So you are acknowledging, this is self-awareness, you're acknowledging what's happening, you're doing what you do best, and that is 
feeling it physically in your system. Where in my body? I mean, was, mm-hmm. is it giving me a headache? Do I have tension in my shoulders up around my ears? Is my heart palpitating, which is one that happens often to me when I yeah. feel someone's pain, my heart starts doing somersaults. Am I feeling it in my gut like a stomach ache? Yeah. Um, so you acknowledge where it is, then truly talk to that body part, right? And say, hey, stomach, you know, hey, tell me it's okay. You don't have to hang on to that. We're going to go ahead and trust. And this is where we build our trust in the universe. We're going to go ahead and trust that I can let that go. We have it transmission through me, transmute through me. And as I do, as I send that energy up, I then send it my best. You know, I send my best to that person, to that problem. And I send that trust in through the form of prayer, through meditation, that that is going to be taken care of. So instead of being the keeper of that person's pain, I try to transmute that person's pain, right? A good friend of mine, Dr. Michael Smith says that we're not healing people horizontally, we're doing it vertically. Mm, I love that. This is really powerful. And it makes me think about another exercise that I actually like to use with my clients who tend to absorb other people's stuff their emotions and not even aware of it often is I'll have them imagine, you know, we talked earlier about boundaries, but I think there's like an energetic boundary that is also important, Mm -hmm. not just in terms of what you say no to and things like that, that we don't talk about as often. And so what I have them do is kind of imagine that there's this bubble around them and tune into what's in your bubble. And then I have them discern what of that is yours And one of that is other people's. And then imagine that you take all the stuff that doesn't belong to you and you push it out of the bubble. You want to try it right now? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Because this was in fact, one of the very first, it's just a one minute meditation. This is one of the very first techniques that my naturopath doctor taught me when I sat there crying in her office saying, this place where I'm working is so toxic. I can't stand watching these people be so mean to each other and be so cruel to each other and, you know, backstabbing on it. And she had me take a deep breath and she said, do a little fun with me, do a little technique with me. So let's everybody close our eyes for just a moment. Don't do this if you're driving. (laughs) Oh yeah, not if you're driving or cooking with hot oil or anything like that, but okay. You're going to close your eyes and get yourself comfortable. Take a nice deep breath in, sigh it out. On your next inhale, I want you to imagine this beautiful translucent bubble naturally forming around you. It's just like one of those gorgeous little bubbles that you would blow as a child out of the bottle into the wind beautiful translucent color and inside of this bubble you can see everything in the outside world you can see it it's still happening around you but that bubble this beautiful magical bubble that you can you can create anytime that you want just with your imagination and with your beautiful energy create that energetic bubble you are in that bubble with whatever you want to be in there with. You want your dog with you. You want your cat with you. You want an ice cream cone. That little bubble is your space, your haven to create the energy that you want. It is immediate. It is everlasting until you choose to leave the bubble. And everything happening in the outside world, you're not experiencing it. It's still there. 
still there waiting for you if you want it, but you're not experiencing it. You're not affected by it. You are in your own beautiful, safe bubble. Hmm. That's the beautiful bubble technique, and you can call upon that at any time you want to, except, as Sharon says, while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> that was very relaxing. Um, and I think what it does is it also, you talked about mindfulness. If you are so externally focused, you might be missing what's going on inside. And that's a great way of bringing the attention back within and being more aware of what are you carrying? Mm -hmm. That's so true. When HSPs tend to be big ruminators, mm. right? We want things to be right. We want there to be peace on earth, <laughs> at least our own little, little part of earth. And so we tend to ruminate on what didn't go well and how we could do it better. And I guess in my experience, what I found is that when I send that energy somewhere else, when I send my thoughts to somewhere in the past or somewhere in the future, hmm. I'm losing my light. I'm dimming my light. I'm putting some wattage over there and some wattage back there. And I'm dimming my power as an HSP empath. And so the more I can stay wholly grounded and focused on this present moment, that doesn't mean you can't sit down and you know, plan out what you're going to do tomorrow or, you know, plan a project or vacation a year from now it doesn't mean that. It just means that when we kind of let our thoughts be stolen by things that have happened before, things that are happening in the future, then we're, you know, we're giving away our power, our energy. Just imagine that we are yeah. this beautiful ball of energy and now you've just sent some of it away and left it with that other person. And, and that's another technique that you can do, especially after you're coming out of a business meeting or you're coming out of a conference is go find a quiet space, ground yourself with deep breaths, stand up straight and tall, nice straight spine if you can, and call back your energy from all the people, the places, and the environments where you may have inadvertently left them, or they may have inadvertently been taken from you. And I just gave myself the shivers doing that now. <laughs> There's so much wisdom in everything that you teach. And I think it's important for not just HSPs, but for everybody, because on some level, we're all sensitive, some less, some more. And we're going to put this in the show notes, but there is an assessment that you can take to find out whether you are indeed an HSP. So we'd love for people to become more aware of what they're facing and why they're experiencing what they're experiencing. This is all very informative. And I want to kind of leave us with one final statement coming back to our game of true and false. When we talk about recharging your batteries, here's a statement and you tell us if it's true or false. Getting out in nature and staying grounded is just a band-aid approach to recharging your batteries. True or false? Oh, okay. Uh, no, that's false. That's false. I think nature is amazing for everybody. They have demonstrated how grounding, actually it's called earthing, and this was done by the indigenous population, Canada, Native Americans, and in, in uh, the United States, that they would sit in the earth on their bare skin, walk with their bare feet. And this is part of how they stayed healthy. Now we wear rubber shoes. If we go out, we're generally not barefoot. We generally don't lay in the sand unless we're on the beach. But if you notice your pets, they enjoy laying on the earth. 
And there's a reason for that. That's medicinal for them. And and yeah, there's always smarter than we are. Um, But the being grounded and being out. So nature is grounding. So whether you are going to go walk on the beach uh, in the sand or take your shoes off in the park, go hug a tree, just lean up against a tree for a while, climb a tree if you can, just really have it be part of it. And then don't separate yourself by having a Walkman, reading a book or, you know, do being on your cell phone, whatnot, like really get into it, talk to the tree, you know, smell the grass, count the blades, you know, look for seashells, really have that relationship with nature that deepens the grounding and the healing process exponentially. So you're really talking about mindfulness, really getting in touch with all of your senses and taking in your environment. And what I love about this is that what you talked about earlier is that HSPs feel this helplessness because they don't have control over their environment and they become overstimulated. But when they go out and they do this grounding and they're fully in it, they are in control of that stimulation. They're actually taking back that control by doing this exact exercise. A hundred percent. Couldn't have said that better myself. Yep. Yeah. They are taking control again and re-energizing and amping up their power, right? Because nature, I mean, that is fortifying us as we move forward through the day. It balances the energy system and it fortifies the energy system. Yes. So in closing, what I would like to say to all of our listeners is whether or not you're an HSP, I think all of these same ideas still apply. It's just that HSPs need it even more. So regardless of how you score on the assessment, which we will leave again in the show notes, I want you to take all of these things to heart about how your environment can affect you, how when you don't have control, you might feel helpless and how you can take back control by being really intentional and mindful and creating these practices to take care of yourself. As we always say, it's important to know yourself. And on this show, we talk about your burnout profile. That's one way of knowing yourself. But another way of knowing yourself that we discussed today is whether or not you're a highly sensitive person. So Jeanette, I really thank you so much for being here and sharing this super, super important information with our listeners today. And I am absolutely sure that somebody is hearing this for the first time. Their mind has just been blown and they're going to want a little bit more of Jeanette. Where should they go? They should visit my website, which is empathdiary.com. And uh, you'll find some free downloads there related to uh, how to handle being an HSP at work and a handful of other things that I'd love to share. Yeah. I know you have a 10 minute morning energy routine for HSPs. You also have an infographic. So lots of really good stuff on your website. Thank you again for coming on and sharing that. And I'm sure that if anybody wants to work with you, they can get that information from your website as well. Absolutely. Empathdiary.com. And thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Fantastic. Now for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. 
Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. And if you are watching us on YouTube, you can also leave a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I will see you right back here next week. Bye, everybody.